Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is your life today. We're back on a Friday night, and the countdown has begun. Countdown has begun for a lot of things, actually. For one thing, we got Spider-Man No Way Home next month, and we got Hawkeye in just a couple of weeks. And I believe, if memory serves me correctly, considering that I've been working so much as of lately, the season finale of Doom Patrol Season 3 literally just finished. But I haven't seen the last two episodes yet, so I'm kind of mad at myself for that. Because every time when I come home and I'm trying to do something that's related to voiceover, whether it's marketing, whether it's branding, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, planning or maybe just go on the pay to play sites or whatever the case may be. It turns out that it's like, God damn, I just have so much on my plate and yet I have to take an hour just to take a nap. And it's one of those moments where when you overwork so much, especially a regular eight-hour shift, like a nine-to-five shift, but especially in the in the beginning of the day, like literally early in the morning, you just come home and you don't want to do a goddamn thing. And I know you can relate to this. I know you can relate to this in some way, shape, or form. I don't want to do anything, but, but discipline is key. Discipline is key. We got to push ourselves. We got to do what we can to get the things we want, no matter how much time or how much effort it takes. It just sucks because... My body is still not used to waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning every single freaking day. It's just not used to that. It's not used to the idea of sleeping like around 10 p.m.-ish and then waking up at like 2.50 because let's face it, I have to set an alarm just to set an alarm again to make sure that I actually wake up. But it's like anything else. I'm grateful for the opportunity that I have and I'm grateful that I'm pushing my career as far as I can go. But it's just one of those moments where it's like, all right, at some point, I'm going to have to change something with my time management at at some point. And if I don't do it now, chances are I never will. And that leads me into thinking, what can my end of the end of the year goals are? You know, because everyone has a New Year's resolution. Personally, I don't really believe in that because I think it just takes a couple of months or even a few weeks for someone to just... Unless they're extremely disciplined, they can just chalk that out the window. But for me, I feel like if you're going to have a New Year's resolution, if you're going to have a goal, if you're going to have something that you know full well that you can try to do before the New Year's begin, and I'm trying to right now, I say start as soon as possible. Don't wait until the new year. Don't wait until, you know, binging as, as much as you can or doing whatever you want. And then the first of the year be like, all right, that's it. It's going to happen. Like, no, because you're just excusing yourself to extend it. You're just excusing yourself to push it back even further. Start now. Start on a Sunday. Start on a Monday. You know, Monday, even though it's the second day of the week, but it's the first day for many people. So I say start now. Whatever goals you have towards the end of the year, whether it's voiceover, dancing, music, if you want to create videos, if you want to plan ahead, just keep a concise schedule as best you can. I know I'm not perfect, and I know that I mess up from time to time, 
but I'm learning from my mistakes and I'm just sharing with you my knowledge. So that's pretty much the lesson of it. I don't know about a lesson of the day. Maybe I should call it the lesson of the day. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. But in any case, we got a lot of stuff. I wouldn't say a lot of stuff, but we got a few decent stuff from Marvel. We got a couple of, for one thing, Marvel just bombarded us with a huge ray of logos and special looks to the titles of what's coming up on Disney+. Plus. I believe this is going to be Marvel Phase 5, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Whether it's halfway of Marvel Phase 4... Or literally at the at the very beginning of Marvel Phase 5. And I saw a couple of trailers, a couple of teaser trailers. One thing from Moon Knight and the other one from She-Hulk. Which is very interesting to me because I didn't think they would release that so soon. I think I thought they would at least try to release it way later in the beginning of the year. That way we would have a strong indication in terms of when it's going to come out. But hey, if this is how it's going to be... And like I said, we're nearing towards the end of 2021. Why not? Why not hit us with all of that? So I'm going to talk about a few of the logos. I'm going to list the logos, basically. If you haven't seen the logos already, I'm just going to list them off one by one. You know, share my quick thoughts about it. And also, I definitely want to get in, in, I was about to say get in touch. I want to touch base on what's been going on with Letitia Wright. If you remember her, she's Shuri from Black Panther. And there's been a few news that's been going on. One from particularly from last year that I completely forgot about. But I kind of want to, you know, just touch based on that. And of course, my re-review of Spider-Man, Sam Raimi Spider-Man from 2002. Since we are just a month away from Spider-Man No Way Home. All that plus our supervillain quote of the day. But first, like we always do about this time, let's get the shout outs out of the way, shall we? And as you know, I go on Twitter a lot and I'm on my Facebook, you know, sometimes if I want like a, like an easy time to myself, you know, just to relax and just have a laugh and have a good time. Cause we always have a good, we always need a good time, especially with how the world is right now. I go on Facebook and I go on videos and all of a sudden I see this guy and this, this just random video that just got me laughing like crazy. If you haven't heard, if you're on TikTok and you don't know this guy, his screen name or his username is Mike Cakes Live. Mike Cakes. So it's M-I-K-E-C-A-K-E-Z-L-I-V-E. Mike Cakes Live. And basically from the videos, from what I've seen, he does a lot of perverted reactions, especially when it comes to things where we have dirty minds. It's a little hard for me to describe it because I don't want to overbore or overbear, you know, the images. Just look at one or two of his videos and you're going to see exactly what I mean. I think one of the funniest ones was a giraffe. <laughs> one of the funniest ones, one of the funniest videos that I saw of him actually doing was a giraffe. And you know giraffes normally have long tongues. And for some odd reason this giraffe was sucking a pipe. So they showed a video of this giraffe sucking a pipe. And then it cut away to him. And then the voiceover background goes, Sir? Sir? Hmm? Get me that giraffe. But sir, we're in the zoo. Get me that giraffe. <laughs> 
<laughs> and there was a lot of videos like that. So you can tell it's very perverted, but it's it's so unique and it's pretty funny. And fuck it, I'm giving the shout out to him. Mike Kicks Live. Chances are you're not listening to this, but if you are listening to this, dude, you got you got yourself a new follower. You got yourself a new follower. I'm subscribing right now so I can watch much more of your content. It, it fucking sucks because, well, he doesn't suck. I'm, I'm not saying that. But it fucking sucks on the fact that I can watch all of these TikToks from Chris HC to Mike Cakes and, you know, the guys from London, I, uh, Woody and Kleine and so many other people. And yet, I still keep on procrastinating about creating small, short videos myself. And I think for me is I need to have the right mindset, but also the patience for me to do it, especially when it comes to so much editing. But that's just me personally. That's that's like a that's like an obstacle, like a small hump that I have to get over. Not to mention, it's very hard to distinguish yourself from other people that pretty much have nearly the same ideas you have. So it's always that kind of a struggle that I'm facing with. But I know I know full well that I'm going to do my best to get over that regardless Mike Cakes Live, dude, you're awesome, and like I said, you have a new subscriber, I'm going to be watching a lot of your content because you are funny as shit. Shout out to Mike Cakes Live, go check him out when you have the chance, I promise you won't be disappointed. And that's all I got to say about that. That's all we have for the shout outs, let's dive into our discussion of the day, let's go into some logos, and then everything else that comes after. Comes right in a bit. I have to say that I was extremely surprised at a few of the logos and a few of the announcements that actually happened that will be held on Disney+. Plus. Some will be into, I'd say, sometime next year, and the other will be around possibly 2023. But, you know, I was thinking to myself, all right, how can I do this? Can I start from my most anticipated to least anticipated, but that's just going to take way too long. So with that being said, let's just get right down to it, considering the fact that I just take a a screenshot of the logos that are right in front of me, and let's see what we can do. The first one that I see, X-Men 97. This is a huge surprise to me, because we were wondering over and over for, I'd say, ever since Disney you know, acquired the rights to Fox, that they were going to have the X-Men be introduced in the MCU in some way, shape, or form. But considering the fact that there already have been maybe a couple of mutants, especially when it came to Wanda and Quicksilver, that we were already going to open the door to the mutant side, especially when it came to the MCU. But this is going to be different. This is basically the revival of the epic X-Men animated series, especially from 1992. It's going to keep the same animated style, the same, uh, you know, the comic book animation style, all colorful and whatnot. And they're going to have a few, for one thing, they're going to reprise some voice actors from back then in the past. 
and they're going to introduce new voice actors in some roles. One of them, which is one of my favorite voice actors, Ray Chase. And if you don't know who Ray Chase is, he basically, well, he was the voice of Noctis in Final Fantasy XV. He was the voice of Etrigan from the animated DC Universe so far. Uh, I think he was Corazon from One Piece, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know too much about One Piece, so you're going to have to... You're going to have to forgive me for that. But he voiced a lot of a lot of stuff. And this is actually exciting for me and for a lot of fans in general because I've always been nostalgic. You know me. You know full well I've always been nostalgic. And when it comes to shows that made us feel a certain way from back then in the past and then get reprised in some way to how it is now... They basically have to capture that magic, and the magic was within not only the voice acting, but the animation, the direction. Let me tell you though, from back then, from a long time ago, I rarely remember the story. Let's face it, like, we just wanted to see the shows, and as soon as that theme song hit, though, that's all we cared about, and we just wanted to see something that would just shut us up, and then we would just look at how badass the X-Men was. We got Wolverine, and Cyclops, and Rogue, and Storm, and Jubilee, and Gambit, and all these amazing characters, and... It was one of those times where I'm like, oh, oh, okay, well, this is awesome. I'm going to keep watching it. Then again, back then, as you know, I was also a Batman, the animated series fan, Superman, the animated series fan. It's cartoons from the early 90s that I absolutely loved. And the fact that they're actually bringing it back and they're going to keep a lot of the original roots from back then and bring it to now with a few modified changes. I know it's not going to be perfect. You know, you can't recreate magic completely from back then, but I'm excited for it. I really am. And 2023, I believe it's in 2023. Hopefully it won't disappoint. Hopefully it won't disappoint. Next up, we got Marvel Studios Echo. I've already touched about this before. Echo is uh, is, um, the either stepdaughter or the adopted daughter of Kingpin, and she's going to be making her debut in Hawkeye that will be coming in in a couple of weeks. You know, nothing really much to say about it. Can't wait to see what they're going to take with the character. If they're going to include Daredevil in some way, shape, or form, I believe there were rumors that Daredevil will be making its uh, his reboot series very soon. I'm a little skeptical because it's now under the Disney umbrella, and we know that Disney is very touchy-touchy and very, you know, thin on ice when it comes to rated R or rated mature type of content when it comes to shows. But I'm trying to look at the positive here. I really am. Overall, Echo, that'll be the next one. Hopefully it comes out next year, maybe. I can't wait to see how she's going to be included and how she's going to be used within the Hawkeye show coming in in a couple of weeks. So, there's that. Next, we got Spider-Man Freshman Year. You know I love me some Spider-Man. You know full well that I'm a diehard, a diehard fan of him. Although, I don't think I'm excited for this as I actually want to be. Because this foretells... No, it doesn't foretell. That's the wrong word. I'm sorry. This basically indicates that this will be a prequel to how he became Spider-Man in the MCU. 
I don't think we really need that. I understand it's in an animated form. I get that. And when it comes to animation, the showrunners and directors and producers, they have way more freedom, especially the animators. They have way more freedom to do whatever it is they want within their story. Telling a story with how Spider-Man became um, who he is, especially in the preteen years or even before the MCU... I know it's not within the MCU in general, but we've kind of seen that story before, especially when it came to the other Spider-Man shows, especially from Disney XD or other properties that Spider-Man actually belonged to. I'm not saying this is a waste. I'm just saying I don't think this is needed, especially when we already know the story of how he came to be of who he is. Yes, I understand this this is the Tom Holland's MCU version But, again, it's just one of those moments where it's like, alright, I'll watch it, but I don't know if I'm looking forward to it. So, that's just me personally. Next up, we got Agatha House of Darkness. Uh, I said this before, Agatha didn't really do much for me. I mean, I enjoyed, you know, I, I enjoy Agnes's character to an extent, the fact that she became a meme with her winking, you know, to the camera. And I am slightly interested to see how she's going to play into, if they're going to tell a prequel story, if she's going to be making her return, is she going to go up against Wanda in the future in some way, shape, or form? I would love to see that. But I guess with me, they should make this more of a horror-type angle because when her flashback happened in the WandaVision episode, it was more have to do with the Salem and witchcraft and anything that involves around basically how people viewed witches back then in the past, especially when it came to, like, the Sleepy Hollow, uh, the sleep not Sleepy Hollow, but the horror-type environments. So... If they're going to focus on that, then they might as well go all the way and try to make this a really horrifying show as best as humanly possible. At least that's the direction I want to go into, that I personally would go into. I have no idea if they're going to go into that, but... eh. I have no idea if they're going to go into that, but we will see. We'll see what happens. Next up, we have Marvel Zombies. We've already seen a clip of this before. Especially when it came to uh, Marvel's What If series. One of the episodes included the zombies. The zombies section is very interesting when it comes to comic books. Especially when it comes to DC Comics. Which is, uh, I believe it's DC Deceased. Here we go. Deceased, which is the new issue from either last year or the year before. And Marvel Zombies has been around for quite a while. I never really got around to read the comic book series in general. But from what I've seen, from what the What If series have actually displayed to us, I was very disappointed that it wasn't horrifying enough. It was very PG-13, heavy, heavy PG-13 focused. Didn't have any blood, didn't have any gore, didn't have anything that truly resembles or strikes fear in the heart of audiences. I understand Disney+, and I understand that the MCU, they're very, very high-key in making it a family-friendly type of content. I truly understand that. But when you have something called zombies, you really don't want to 
water down the product of what you have. Otherwise, you lose the audience's interest, if that makes any sense. Maybe you think differently, and that's okay if you think differently. I have There is no qualms about that in any way, shape, or form. I have no problem whatsoever. But when it comes to zombies, you gotta, you gotta push the edge a little bit. I mean, come on, it's zombies. Like, this is... This is like horror 101. So that's just my two cents on that. Next up, we have She-Hulk. I saw the teaser trailer today. Jennifer Walters. She's very small. I don't know if it was the size comparing to how, you know, the Hulk is supposed to be. But I imagined her a little bit taller. But... I forgot her name, Tatiana Maisley or Tiana Maisley. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing her name, but I think she's going to do a great job. I hope she does a great job in She-Hulk. Uh, it's She-Hulk is another character where it's like, I'm not really into that much, but I am interested because she is a powerful female. And, you know, what I said about Wonder Woman, you know, um, using powerful force to subdue a guy. I mean... There's something hot about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, huh. Where, where was, where was my mind going? <laughs> anyway, um, I think she can do a great job. I hope she does a great job. And we'll see where this goes. I just really hope they do some crossovers. I, I really do. Like, if you're gonna introduce She-Hulk, maybe you can introduce someone else, like Luke Cage, in some way. You know, another strong individual character someone that can match her strength for strength that's just me personally you know i i, I just want to see some crossovers but maybe that's another reason why from the post-credit scenes of shang chi and the legend of the ten rings why we see bruce banner become his normal self maybe he gave a huge portion of his hulk dna to jennifer and that's how he was able to stay normal or become normal who the hell knows who the hell knows next up we have miss marvel Nothing new, honestly. You know, I have to be honest. I'm so tired of of seeing Miss Marvel now. I really am. I know, I know we have not gotten the show yet. And it's just Marvel has been trying to shove this character down our throats ever since the beginning of the game that came out literally around the beginning of this year. And it's one of those moments where it's like, I I don't care. I really don't. I, I know I sound like a Debbie Downer. And I know that I'm supposed to be all on hype about it. But I'm going to call it like I see it. I don't give a shit. I really don't. Maybe by the time that the show actually comes around. That I'll be more interested in seeing a different kind of superhero. Especially someone that's supposed to resent. Or not resent. But resonate a little bit to how audiences feel. When it comes to admiring superhero figures. That's one thing. But again. Miss Marvel does nothing for me. And I don't really care much about. I'm still burned from Captain Marvel. I'm sorry. Um, I know I'm beating up a dead horse to a bloody pulp here. I get it. But I, I, I don't care. Maybe when the show becomes closer for me to watch, I'll care much more about it. Until then, I don't give a damn. I really don't. Next up, we have Marvel's Moon Knight. I saw the, te- the teaser literally right before I started recording. And Oscar Isaac... You can tell there's going to be some dark, demented shit going on, especially with a character like that dealing with multiple personalities. And he's already hearing voices in his head. You can tell this is going to be a twisted version 
PG-13 related, a twisted version of Batman, and I can't be more excited. I, I'm, I'm excited. Like, I'm, there's a reason why, in a lot of people's eyes, Moon Knight is the Marvel's version of Batman. Some people can say Iron Man, some people can say Spider-Man. No, for me, it's Moon Knight. I haven't read that many Moon Knight comics as I want to, but I know more enough to know that, oh, this is going to be something that's worthwhile, especially when it comes to someone that has legitimately has an illness like uh, multiple personality disorder or dissociative identity disorder. So it's going to be very interesting to want to root for this character, especially with the huge amount of flaws that he has. So that's definitely something that's going to be worthwhile, and I can't wait to see it. Next up, we have Marvel's What If Season 2 coming up. Um, You know, there's really nothing much to say about it. I enjoyed Season 1. Doctor Strange is still my favorite episode out of all of them. I loved Ultron Vision. Ultron still, by this day, my favorite MCU villain. And I believe, if memory serves me correctly, the second season of Marvel's What If are going to focus on characters more in depth instead of killing them off like this season did which is no problem in a way um i believe a lot of fans got pissed off when iron man became like the uh kenny from south park like like tony stark is the kenny of the mcu oh my god they killed kenny you bastard oh my god they killed tony stark you bastard (laughs) oh my goodness I, I get it. There are a lot of diehard Tony Stark fans that were extremely pissed off, especially with what they saw. But, you know, it's it's different universes. Anything, it, they all have different outcomes. It is what it is. It is what it is. Like, we can't really do anything about that. Next up, we have I Am Groot. We're going to focus. It, it's very interesting that we have a show that's going to focus a little bit more on Baby Groot when he's already a teenager from what we've seen from Avengers Endgame. But, considering that this is a spin-off, I'm not really taking it too seriously. I'm having fun with it, and it's cool to see little baby Groot, especially when he is murdering people that is essentially pissing him off. So, that's going to be fun. I really hope they do the dance thing like he did in the be- in the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, just dun 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 dun, something sliding in the sky. It's Mr. Blue. Sky is shining here today. I don't know the fucking words. Give me a break. <laughs> having fun here, guys. We're having fun here. So, I am Groot, and chances are Rocket. Hopefully, Rocket is going to be with him. I love me Rocket. You know. Hey, it's why his voice is the beginning of this podcast. So, eh, it's what it is. Next up, we have Iron Hearts, the successor of Tony Stark. Hopefully, Morgan Stark will be able to join her in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Rue Williams or Ruri Williams is going to be as essentially is going to be the next Iron Man or Iron Heart, Iron Lady. That we know how it is. I believe she's going to be making her debut in Black Panthers. Um, Wakanda Forever movie. I don't know too much about that, but it only makes sense, especially since we have an African American female that's going to take up the mantle of this character. And if they're going to introduce her in some way, it should be that. 
So I'm not mad at it. But if they are going to introduce her as that in her own show for Ironheart, chances are we're going to see her debut sometime next year and the show Ironheart won't be until 2023. Not mad at it. They can take their time. Not really something that fans are dying hard for right now. So it is what it is. Last and not least, did I just say that? (laughs) Last and not least, we have Marvel's Secret Invasion. The Kree, you know, the Scrolls, Nick Fury. We've seen this before in a way, especially with the post credit scenes from the Spider-Man movie, Far From Home. And, you know, it's going to tie into Captain Marvel 2 and Miss Marvel. Everything is going to get connected. This is another one where I'm not really all high up on 4. It's just my personal taste. I'll still watch it, but it's like, eh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And that's it. That's pretty much the main logos of the lineup of what's going on within the next couple of years. And maybe you can let me know. You can let me know which one you're looking forward to the most. If I have to pick the main three, I would have to go Moon Knight. I am Groot. Well, I am Groot is more like a I am Groot is more like an enjoyable thing. So let me rephrase. Moon Knight. Echo, and X-Men 97. You know, nostalgia. And I, I would say zombies, but like I said, they need to make it rated R. They can't be making PG-13 content every time. Now we're hitting our 30-minute mark. I know we're going to exceed 30 minutes, but just have a couple more things to get into. Quickly, real quick, the the drama that's going on with Letitia Wright, Shuri from Black Panther... Apparently, she got injured by doing a stunt around Lake August, and she still hasn't recovered from that. I don't remember if there were specifics on her injury, but it has to be really bad for her to take time off. Me watching MMA on a regular basis, I know that whenever someone gets injured that has to take at least four or five months off, it, it is definitely a serious injury. So therefore, production of Black Panther will be shutting down for a while starting in Thanksgiving, which is in a couple of weeks, and won't resume until the beginning of 2022, which is fine. You know, you don't want to rush production, especially when it comes to a pivotal actor into your story. However, I have been seeing a lot of petitions, and I've been seeing a lot of fans, a lot of pissed off fans that really want her to get recasted because not only did she get injured in terms of halting the production of the film, but of course there's been a lot of stuff that's been going on with her supposedly being an anti-vaxxer and having transphobic comments from a, a, around 11 months ago. I don't know what she said. And I'm not going to go as farther as to uh, I'm not going to go as far as to look back in terms of what she did say. But I will say this. I will say this. If she needs to heal for a while, where production needs to halt, that's fine. We have plenty of other content, and obviously the production is not going anywhere. So I have no problems with that. I guess my point that I'm trying to say is it's pretty clear that Hollywood is getting more and more strict when it comes to these vaccines. But because of the vaccine mandates that, thanks to our dear president, is now bestowing upon us, it's only a matter of time before certain workers, in terms of the Hollywood industry, is going to have to cave in and do what needs to be done in order to continue working within their craft. I just really hope, 
this is the worst case scenario in my mind. This is the worst case scenario. If they do recast her, I'm not saying they will, but if they do recast her, they better not come up with some bullshit excuse in terms of why she looks differently. They better not do that, okay? Personally, I would not rather get for her to get recasted. I think she did phenomenal in terms of her character as Shuri, and I think that her and the late, you know, Chadwick Boseman T'Challa, rest in peace, had great chemistry together, and that's something that you can't just change just to appease fans. Not to mention, I don't think this is the majority of fans that is saying this. This is more just pissed off fans that are probably pissed off at her for being an anti-vaxxer if she is one, and is just using that as an excuse to want her out. So, nice try, but I don't think Ryan Coogler, the director, is going to, you know, adhere to those wishes, if that makes any sense. But that's just me personally. You know, for now, for now, regardless of where her stance is, because I know tons of people that are anti-vaxxers and are still good people. You know, they, they, I know, my goodness, this is such a sensitive taboo subject where I know full well that I'm probably going to get ridiculed myself. And I don't want to because I barely have any knowledge on it whatsoever. You want to take the vaccine, take the vaccine. If you don't, you don't. But just think about whatever it is that you're giving up or whatever it is that you are not going to do at some point in the future. You know, in terms of her injury, I hope she recovers well. And I really hope that the production continues. And I hope the second movie really blows our minds. And it's only going to be a matter of time before the fans shut the hell up. Because let's face it, if she doesn't get casted, which I don't think she will, since she's not going to get casted, guess what? They're still going to watch the movie. You you trolls or you, you know, pissed off fans that wants to use this as an excuse to try to ridicule her in some way, shape, or form. Guess what? She's not going anywhere. And guess what? You're still going to watch the film. So, get the fuck over it. Get over it. Oh, man. We touched a lot about that. But now, since we only have about a good 10 minutes left, you know, we're, we're, we're closely reaching the 45-minute mark. I definitely want to talk about my re-review of Spider-Man, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Goddamn. I would go into a deep dive, but I don't want to do that. You know, I want to I want to talk about something a little bit differently in terms of what I felt at the time when I saw the film. I was 12 years old when I saw Spider-Man Far From Home. And this was in Dominican Republic. I remember seeing it with my stepfather at the time. It was a different stepfather, but I remember seeing it with him at the time. And I just couldn't imagine how much this movie revolutionized many films that came after, especially since there were a few that came before. Blade from 1999, X-Men from 2000s, you know, I'm not counting DC Comics from the early 90s because that's a completely different genre, especially when it comes to darker films, but Blade and X-Men really set the tone, especially for how superheroes came in after, and Spider-Man was the third movie among that trilogy. Tobey Maguire did a fantastic job being the dorky Peter Parker. And as a fan, as an as an audience member, you really got to resonate in terms of how he was feeling. Whether he was getting neglected or he was getting pushed down. And, you know, the, the concept, the, the cinematography in general. 
I'm jumping ahead here. I'm sorry. The concept of with great power comes great responsibility. It basically insinuated that if you have a responsibility to do the right thing, you should always do it no matter what. And Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker definitely portrayed that for me in many, many ways. From the cinematography, from the first viewing all the way till the end was just superb. From the moment that you know, where thing, different things started happening to him and they had great character development with Tobey Maguire and Kristen Dunst and the fact that everything wasn't rushed, like everything was earned from the moment he put on his suit to the moment that, you know, he was making his costume and he was doing drafts upon drafts upon drafts and and, and the motivations for him to to be with Mary Jane and and, and the chemistry that he has with Aunt May, everything combined into one was just superb. It really was. One of my favorite scenes ever from the movie, based on memory and from what I've seen like earlier today, the wall crawling, like it was built. The music was there. It was built with intention and 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 it was built with with this dramatic moment that this was earned, where you got to feel like you are that you are this character. And there's one thing about Spider-Man that a lot of people still don't know is there's a reason why he wears the mask, a full-blown mask. It's more than protecting your loved ones from other people. There's more than that. It's basically to teach you that even you can be Spider-Man yourself. I'm not saying be the guy to wall crawl and web swing and fight bad guys. No, it's the concept of doing the right thing every day of your life and making better choices be greater be better be something more and that's something the first spider-man film definitely portrayed as green goblin played by william defoe got brilliant casting brilliant casting i remember i um i i heard interviews i watch i actually watch interviews where they were casting for green goblin and they couldn't tell who it was and William Defoe wanted this role so badly where he actually wore the costume. Even though the costume was more like a Green Power Rangers type of a look. I get that. That would turn a lot of people off. But back then, we didn't really care much about it. And it, it was just that moment where his first audition was the scene where he's in the mirror talking to himself. And even though there was a moment where he had like a split personality sort of type of a way... It was very well done to the point where that can't be copied or imitated by other people. You know, from from the laugh and and the and the and the the, the grin and the smile. Because remember, Green Goblin was inspired by Joker back then in the original comics. His design was inspired by the Joker. So there's definitely a lot of similarities with that. And they did a great job in terms of building the tension, building the climax, building the moment, building everything. That's just something that just can't be copied again. It, 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 well, when I say copied, I mean... It was pretty clear that Sam Raimi, the director, really wanted to ground Spider-Man in a way that was not only uh, resonated, but was connectful to the audience in general. And what I mean by that was, when you saw the movie back then, and even when you see it now, there is a magic, there is a feel in terms of how you truly felt. There is a feel in terms of what you feel for this character. One of the most 
dramatic moments, you know, aside from the wall crawling, which I just said, this movie really hits you in the feels. And I really cared hard when Peter Parker lost Uncle Ben. It was the first time ever that we've ever seen something like that from Spider-Man in general. You know, we've seen the animated series, but it was done through mostly either flashbacks or quick cuts. No, this was... We felt his guilt. We felt Peter Parker's guilt. We felt his reasoning to do what he did. You know, and the motivation was there. The plot convened. The plot story was there. Again, everything was just earned in in, in a fantastic amount of ways. And you build that up and you build it and you build it and you build it. And you go towards the end. For one thing, Kirsten Dunst, goddamn, she did a lot of screaming in this movie. Holy shit, did she do a lot of screaming. I can imagine of how much water she had to drink before and after these roles were done. She did a lot of screaming. I'm not saying it's a negative, but it's like, holy shit. Like, goddamn. But yeah, to the epic finale of Spider-Man... Uh, where Green Goblin was getting Spider-Man to choose between, you know, saving Mary Jane or, or saving a bunch of kids and a bunch of people. And, you know, it's it's like, oh, you can only choose one. We're like, no, you're fucking Spider-Man. You got to fucking save them both, man. And of course, you know, the, the epic finale where Spider-Man gets his ass handed to him. He get his ass kicked. But then... But then when he threatens Mary Jane, whoo, boy, you don't get to do that shit to Peter Parker. No fucking way, man. You don't do that at all. So, of course, it's the sheer will that Spider-Man had to find in order to kick his ass. Kick his ass, man. Kick his ass. The movie was great. It still holds up to this day. And... If they are going to introduce Tobey Maguire in the Spider-Man No Way Home film, and this is a big if because, you know, there are a lot of rumors that are spreading around and, and of course, leaked images and, and, oh my God, just people just don't know when to stop. I swear to God. I didn't check the leaked images, but it's just nowadays where the rumors are just swirling out of control. If they're going to reintroduce Tobey Maguire... I really hope they do him justice and not just be a cameo or not just have like a one quick thing. No, like obviously don't overshadow the movie, but make his presence worth it. Just make his presence worth it. I don't know if I'm missing anything else. I mean, I pretty much said everything that I wanted to say. The movie is still magic. The movie is still awesome. I'm glad that I got to see it. A good two hours of the movie. Good Jesus. You know, definitely a lot of slow parts. Although Spider-Man 2 definitely had a lot of slower parts. But I wouldn't say it's much of a complaint. And of course, the best casting of all. Best casting of all. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson. J.K. Simmons. Oh my god. <laughs> I, me and my co-worker the other day, we were literally talking about uh, memes. And we have this thing where if something is going on in the real world... And J. Jonah Jameson, what would he say? He would be like, uh, a quick example, what's going on in the real world right now? Um, the, the infrastructure bill, uh, President Biden, obviously I work at a radio station where it's heavily political, so I unfortunately am now tangled into this and I really don't want to be. But 
whenever you have like President Biden, uh, you know, he fucks something up again, for example. You know, he fucks something up again. And J. Jonah Jameson would come out of nowhere and he would go, you know, the newspaper goes, uh, President Biden just increased, uh, uh, I, I want to do my best impression, hang on. President Biden just increased uh, gas prices once again, I don't care, give me pictures of Spider-Man right now! <laughs> it would be examples like that. Overall, I love this movie. It still holds up to this day. And if I had to give it a rating, I, I, fuck it. I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. I don't care. I don't care. Like, the magic still holds up. Everything is well-earned. Everything is great. And that's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, give it that Hulk smash or that She-Hulk smash that like button on iTunes and Spotify. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you know what to do. You know what to do best. Hit me up. Voice of Garcia on Twitter or Instagram. I'm always on Twitter. If you want to get on the podcast in some way, if you want to go in your two cents, if you want to promote something, if you want to talk about anything, you know what to do. Hit me up and we can schedule for something. We can schedule for something fun for the people to listen to, for the people to watch, for the people to enjoy as best they can. Now we're reaching at the end. Let's go into our supervillain quote of the day. And this one is from Green Goblin himself. And he state these words exactly with what is going to happen with Spider-Man No Way Home. He says, and I quote, But the one thing the people loves more than a hero is to see a hero fail, fall, die trying. In spite of everything you've done for them, eventually they will hate you. Why bother? And my reaction to that is this. If that is not a voiceover line that can literally overtake the trailer of Spider-Man No Way Home, I don't know what is. Because it is depicting exactly of what Tom Holland's Peter Parker is going through when he goes against partial of the Sinister Six. So, goddamn, December 18th can't come fast enough. Guys, have a great weekend. Have an awesome, awesome time. Please be safe out there. Don't drink and drive. Don't go into fights. Don't kill anybody. Live, laugh, laugh. Do whatever you got to do. And I will see you Tuesday where we will talk more on all the news, games, shows, movies, whatever the case may be. And of course, we're continuing with the countdown of Spider-Man No Way Home. And always remember, when it comes to news, if you hear about it, And you read about it, I talk about it, controversial or otherwise. Stay safe. Till next time, I'm done. I'm through. Peace out.